everybody. Welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. I am joined once again by Miss Shadow Lovely and Slow Beef. I think we just get down to business because this is part two of the final episode. And if you're here and it's your first episode, extremely weird. I had Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Hi. Nice <laughs> to meet you. I'm Ty. Um, but like this is probably the worst place to start possible. Um, just, you know, put it out there. Yeah. Um, hey, gang, should we should we get back to uh, Vivian and Ben like to watch? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we only have like seven minutes left of this episode to discuss. We dedicated a whole episode of the podcast to the last seven minutes of this episode of the tv show so definitely yeah 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 (laughs) so ben and viv like to watch um what does that mean again if this is your first episode very weird place to start um so ben and vivian are ghosts because vivian um pushed out a demon baby and that killed her i guess um because charles montgomery is a bad doctor as we all know um he's a okay he's a terrible doctor he's a great corpse maker gotta give it up yeah (laughs) gotta give it up the man makes corpses better than anyone else on this show i'm willing to say there are probably multiple murderer main characters that kill less people than charles montgomery does passively throughout this season (laughs) Oh, certainly. Almost, almost certainly. But I feel like um, professional corpse maker and doctor are two (laughs) professions that cannot simultaneously exist within the same person. Or they shouldn't, at least. They're two classes that conflict in many, many ways. I would agree there's a conflict of interest between being a serial killer and a doctor. Right. (laughs) Do no harm. Wait. Shit, my other job. <laughs> no, I no. love doing harm. This sucks. <laughs> no, I multiclassed into the wrong class. This sucks so bad. Uh, anyway, Ben and Vivian are ghosts. And they're also little freaks who are watching the new people who live in their house. Um, the Ramos family, uh, the parents, which are, I believe, Miguel and Stacy. I think that's their names. They only say their name one time. And then, like, we never hear it again. Um, important characters. Yeah, very important characters. Um, they are getting ready to bang in their new kitchen, which is the kitchen where Ben and Vivian um, once lived, like maybe, I don't know, two months ago. Who knows? Time's not real in American Horror Story. <laughs> right. To be clear, they're watching in like an evaluatory sense. They're watching very <laughs> objectively and just going, mm, they're trying to have a kid. This is bad news. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which I think like makes it worse. Like if Ben was ever going to be inexplicably jerking off, looking at his backyard is nonsense. Right. <laughs> Where's yeah. that, where that spirit now, Ben? <laughs> yeah, they're very like judgmentally watching. And when we say they're watching, we don't mean like from another room, like looking in the window. We mean from no! like literally no. seven. 17 inches away. This is American ben Idol. Lean over but, and yeah. high five Miguel. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, truly, like, they don't even have, like, a cuck chair in the corner. They are truly just leaning on the same counter that these two people are banging on. It is <gasps> wild. And then Moira, um, another ghost, shows up and is also 17 inches away from the two people banging on the counter, having a conversation with the other two ghosts with the two people banging on the counter betwixt them. Um, just truly one of the most unhinged scenes of television I've ever seen. They're ghosts. They can simply leave the room. Uh, they, I yeah. don't know why they insist on not leaving the room. It's amazing. Or just having this conversation literally anywhere else. It, even having it two feet further to the left would be great. Um, 
But no, they've decided that they need to have this conversation. You know that like meme that like right in front of my salad meme? Um, that <laughs> but the opposite. The people who are eating the salad in front of the fucking people are the ones who are the weird ones. Um, and they're just talking about, well, we got to get these two out of here because they've decided they want to have a baby, question mark. Um, I don't know why they have to tie every single plot point in this television show to um, a, a, somebody having a baby or wanting Especially to have a baby. Especially because the, the hell baby's already resolved. That's yeah. done. Does the house make multiple hell babies? Is there a new implication that any baby in this house has a random chance of becoming hell baby? Well, it's not even that. Like, I'm not even being hyperbolic. Like, literally every plot point, aside from maybe, like, Tate's weird thing, like, Tate's weird subplot. Even Tate's weird subplot's tied to a baby in some capacity. Um, but, like, every single plot point that's been introduced in this show has been tied to a baby. The first episode is tied to... Uh, Vivian miscarrying a baby and then Hayden gets pregnant and needs an abortion right. like e like every character has to and then Charles Montgomery does abortions and that's like what his whole deal was and then his baby gets murdered like every single character is in some way associated with a baby <laughs> um, and I and maybe that's the American horror story that we learned along the way is that if you want a baby a weird evil house will kill you um, because like the doctor in episode one said, a woman's body is like an old house. Uh, the okay, the thing that kills me, though, is like they never make you face the horror of the terrible child. Like, OK, I'll, spoilers, they do for 10 seconds at the end of this. <laughs> and allegedly a whole season down the line is dedicated to this child. Whatever. Um, they don't make Vivian ever face the terror of like the. You know how, like, usually when you do a one long, like, metaphor or simile across a piece of fiction, there comes a peak of the action where the main character must, fo for like, face some interpretation of that metaphor, right? Like, man versus nature, man versus machine, man versus himself, etc. Um, House versus baby. They just don't make Vivian ever go engage <laughs> with the thing. Like, they're just like, yeah, um, she just doesn't actually get to see the end of her metaphor, which is like the m most unsatisfying thing possible. Yeah. And like, what's also weird is, again, uh, uh, every character, like, if you name a character, I can find some association to a baby um, in some capacity in this television show. Um, like most of the characters, especially the female characters, because they do make the female characters like main driving uh, factors, except for maybe Violet, um, usually something to do with a baby. Even the gay couple, their like driving factor is a, like their motivation is a baby. Um, yeah. Like the, none of the female characters, like I don't know what the Bechdel test version of a baby is, but like every <laughs> the baby bell test. Yeah, the baby bell test. <laughs> Um, but every female character in this show, aside from maybe Violet, uh, fails it horrendously. Um, and then, like Ty just said, none of them, except for maybe <sighs> my sweet angel Nora, gets a resolution. And she gets the fucking funniest resolution I've ever seen in this TV show. <laughs> um, when I first saw her resolution, which we'll get to in a minute, I laughed so hard I cried. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um but we'll get there. Um, right now, um, all of the ghosts have decided to 
uh, for some reason, inexplicably try and get the Ramoses out of the house because Morva's like, now we're noble ghosts who don't want people to suffer. And I'm like, why? Why are the Ramoses different? Like, the Harmons are no different than the Ramoses. The only difference is that Ben was present when his mistress got murdered there. Like, that's literally the only difference um, between them and everyone else who's lived in the house. Why did everybody else, including the gay couple before the Harmons, why did they have to suffer and eventually die before the ghosts were like, man, this is kind of fucked up. We should try and keep people from living here. Uh, But they do. All of them inexplicably decide we all need to get them out of here. Um, A lot of the ghosts seem to be playing both sides of the field um, because a lot of the ghosts that help in the next sequence of events are also ghosts that actively helped the malicious ghost menace the Harmon family. Um, So I'm really not clear on the motivations of some of these very like morally gray uh, playing both sides of the field situation from a lot of these like subsidiary ghosts that make themselves known um, in this wild five minutes of television. Um, So we get a lot of callbacks, uh, starting with one of the most confusing. Um, Remember how in, I don't know, episode three, episode four, maybe, I don't remember, um, Moira was drugging Ben Harmon um, with laudanum, uh, and making him, like... Time to be, time to be a noble ghost. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there was a whole plot point of, since she worked in the house and was the maid of the house, was drugging his coffee with laudanum, which was making him be a weirdo who would sometimes just walk around his house naked and put his hand on the stove for some reason. Um, it's implied that that is happening to Miguel, um, the father of the Ramos family, um, because he also gets semi-naked and um, wanders down the stairs to go put his hand on the stove <laughs> for some reason. Which, why? I think they try to justify the hand on the stove thing retroactively by like having Larry's wife pop up for a second and go like, yeah, feel the pain like I did. But <laughs> yeah. it's like, wait, was it her doing it to Ben the first time too? And she just was still... She was like, I'm going to do it, but stay invisible. I just want to, and I just want, I also like to watch. Yeah. And it's, this scene is so, so bizarre because, like, it's obviously like they're jerking themselves off. They want to have a callback to Ben doing this. But yeah, like Ty just said, not only is Larry's wife there, but Moira's also there and Vivian, and they're all like holding Miguel's hand to the stove. Um, and then, of course, Larry's wife's a little freak about it, like, yeah, yeah, fire, I'm all burned, too. Hee hee, I set my kids on fire. Put your hand on the stove. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, first of all, how did Moira drug this man? Because she doesn't yeah. work in the house. Where'd she get more laudanum from? Um, also, when did he drink it? Because they didn't give us a scene of that happening. It's just, nope, Miguel woke up in the middle of the night and was like, mm, stove time. Um, a common so theme. This- <laughs> so the thing is, like... Okay, before with the Moira Laudanum thing, there was, like, kind of maybe a halfway suspension of, like, well, was it actually that? Or, like, was some of it the house's influence? Or was it all Moira? You know, like, it was kind of like a back and forth of, like, how much of this was whatever. And this just blows any of that out. (laughs) It just is like, it was all Moira. Moira did all of it. Moira did it by hand herself, bespoke artisanally. (laughs) It was Moira. (laughs) And she'll do it again. Um, Also, I can... So, the way they try to scare them out of the house is 
as Liz so eloquently put it, uh, since that worked so great the first time, um, which makes sense for Moira, I guess. Like, that's her pattern or whatever, I guess, we establish. Um, mm-hmm. Ben does something completely detached from Ben <laughs> at any point in Ben's history. Ben just decides, like, I'm into this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Oh. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, right? No. Yeah. No, um, for clarification, Ben puts on the gimp suit, the one that Tate wore, um, and also what's his name, um, Patrick, I think, um, and uh, starts like harassing uh, Stacy. I forgot what her name was for a second. In the same way that <laughs> Tate assaulted Vivian, um, and I'm like, hey, Ben. Um, <laughs> You know you could do something like the whole theme of the next seven minutes is you guys know you could do something else, right? You don't have to do this again because remember all of the things that are happening right now, including the hand on the stove thing. Um, the intention the first time was not to drive the Harmons out of the house. The ghosts were not trying to drive the Harmons out of the house previously when they do all of the things that are about to be done to this other family. Mm-hmm. So why they think doing these things is going to drive them out of the house and why they choose to recreate them. Who the fuck knows? Honestly, <laughs> I don't it's, know why yeah, they chose like to it, do this. It, it seems like if you had, any intelligence whatsoever your first reflection is we cannot let what happened to us happen to anyone else who comes in this house which is on paper what they are trying to do the way they do it is by replicating the thing that led exactly to the events that happened to them which is what let me let me (laughs) let me let me uh ask you this though but let's say just like for hypotheticals right you were a poor writer who thought so little of your audience that they have maybe forgotten the rest of your season and want to maybe <laughs> trick them into thinking, oh, the ghosts are up to their old tricks from early in the season on this new family to sort of subvert it and say, no, it's just the Harmons doing it for different reasons, even though no one would ever, ever, ever buy into that or be fooled by it. And I'm not saying that's what happened, except I kind of am. <laughs> so... <laughs> because you're right because it's, it's ridiculous that it's all ridiculous unless like you throw out all logic and say like i just want to hit like a plot point and not think about too hard about actually doing it you know which is like kind of the challenge of writing sometimes but i mean what do i know also it kind of seems like um like i said a few minutes ago um they could have done literally anything else because they're about to do new game plus of like all the things that they had done to them mm-hmm. um which is <laughs> All the things they had done to them, plus some additional, more traumatizing things. Right. Um, for, I guess for flavor. And, 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 and like again, it, it, the pattern up till now has been ghosts through some way, shape, or form, kind of like replicate the sin or whatever, the transgression that led to their downfall. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like the idea. Yeah. yeah. Um. What. Well, if you look at it in one way, it is a really bad take on psychology. So Yeah. <laughs> Which if nothing else, Ben Harmon's a dog shit therapist. So we really have come full circle. <laughs> it's just like the concept of doing something that is, you know, contrapasso, yeah. a punishment that is befitting to the crime is like 
it's there's consistency right yeah like dante's inferno doesn't randomly have a part where like oh yeah this guy has to this guy has to eat a lot of apples forever oh what did he do oh he was a war criminal <laughs> right. beheaded all sorts of people like it just doesn't make sense it's just like what the fuck are you talking why would ben do this that's it that's also, the thing that yeah like let it, it yeah it also like kind of like like um undoes any sort of like trauma or horror that the characters have been through if they are like just kind of doing like what there was done to them just because they want to do it and not because like they were compelled to or because that's what the ghost you know what i mean like ben's like ah this is you know ben's dressing up like this because he wanted to not because it's like part of his you know punishment or whatever so it's just sort of like yeah maybe maybe dressing in the gym suit and do and harassing people is okay ultimately you know what i mean like how funny would it be if, like, you know how Montgomery became, like, the eternal terrible doctor that cannot stop killing? Yeah. What if Ben Harmon became the eternal psychiatrist who just could not help but oh. make people go bonkers? <laughs> like, oh, what if he just was the worst? Si- and I, am I calling the future again? <laughs> Fuck me. That's, that's literally episodes one and two of American Horror Stories. Um, uh. I regret to inform you. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's go. You had the same uh, thought Apollo as the American. I, with that dodgeball, baby. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Liz really regretted that, but <laughs> no, no, I didn't regret it because, unironically, me not doing a bit—that is exactly what the writers of this show yeah. thought as well, um, and wrote it in as a plot point of the first couple episodes of American Horror Stories. Um, <sighs> so but they didn't do it now when no, it matters yeah, so no. i don't respect it <laughs> um and to their credit which is not a lot i'm not giving them a lot of credit they do kind of take the piss uh, out of themselves in american horror stories episode one and two um mm-hmm. it's still it's still bad both episodes yeah, are still bad, still bad yeah. um but they are at least a little self-aware of how bad season one was and they make a lot of jokes about it a lot of self-deprecating <laughs> jokes about it it, it doesn't um, help it doesn't help, no, but it it is nice to know that at least they're not oblivious to it. <laughs> at least one person is like, yeah, that was dumb. But also, yeah, like, um, uh, isn't American Horror Stories written by, like, we don't have to get all into it, but, like, Manny Cotto for a lot of it. So, like, I don't know if it's their self-awareness or that, like, he kind of realized, like, yeah, this sucks. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it could be that. Just being like, hey, listen, I didn't write that first part. It sucked. Um, here's me uh, making fun of it, which would be very funny. And it I think be. it would be good, actually. I'll have to double check. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but going back to, like, this whole sequence that's about to happen. Um, so... <sighs> I also would like to point out that we've not even scratched the surface of this like nightmare Beetlejuice situation they're about to do. Mm-hmm. Um, them, like Ben being in the gym suit and harassing Stacy and the hand on the stove, just the tip of the iceberg of the um, a- avalanche of absolute bullshit that's about to happen. Um, so my biggest gripe with this, besides the fact that they are doing um, way too much and the wrong things mm-hmm. is... These are all ghosts who have, um, for except for maybe Nora, who has a constant case of the vapors, um, they all have their faculties about them. They're intelligent beings that can form thought and make plans and, um, you know, enact, uh, enact things. Um, it seems like if that was the case, the best course of action would be to just have a conversation with the people who move into the house, like rational adults. Like, hey... 
Um, I can prove to you in 500 ways that me and everyone else in this room, which is roughly 40 ghosts, are all ghosts. You should leave. This house killed our family. Um, you don't want to live here. That seems like the rational thing to do since all of these ghosts have, you know, they're back at least. It's time to Beetlejuice, but let's scare them. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, they don't do that. Uh, in case you're wondering, they don't do the rational thing and just tell the Ramos, uh, "Hey, you should not live here." Not a chance. No. They're like, "Let's do um, all of the things, all of the things that happened to us, plus, and then also some additional things that don't like necessarily make the situation worse or scarier. Um, they just make them weirder." Uh, and makes you wonder, like, are you guys just improving this? Is it? It really feels like that as it starts to go on. Is that the ghosts are just improving? They didn't talk about it ahead of time, um, because after Ben, uh, yeah, it feels like it feels like you did like a haunted house and you gave every room to someone else and didn't let them talk to each other. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes yeah. you like shove them in the same room. Yeah, they just pull you into the Elizabeth short room and she just like she's like, ah, I'm a corpse and. Everything everyone's like oh, okay that doesn't really fit the thematics but thanks Beth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god yeah so like we did hand on stove and now we're doing Ben in the gimp suit um and then Gabriel gets maybe the weirdest treatment which is also funny because what happens to Gabriel is completely unrelated to literally all the other yeah. things that are happening to his parents which leads me to believe that if Tate and Violet didn't do this weird part Gabriel just wouldn't have been affected by the beetle juicing at all oh, I, I didn't um, think he was yeah I'm sorry, go ahead, I'm sorry. He, he, no, you're I, right. Like, he truly does not get interacted with in the whole Beetlejuice sequence. Um, He just coincidentally is dealing with yes. two of the weirdest and most awkward ghosts in the house. Um, Gabriel, the son, the skateboard kid, in case you've forgotten, um, has woken up and is um looking at Tate, who's sitting at the end of his bed staring at him like a freak. Um, and Gabriel reacts to this in the same way he reacted to Violet being in his room, which is, hello, second ghost I've met today. Please leave my room. Um, not screaming, not crying, not like being like, get the fuck out of my room, strange person. Just mm -hmm. being like, hey, man, I don't know why people keep breaking into my house and being in my room, but I wish you wouldn't. Can you please leave? Um, <laughs> and Tate just starts crying, um, just starts sobbing at him. And Gabriel's like, fine, just like the other lady, I guess you can stay. What's up, bro? And then it, uh, it's just Tate crying and being like, hey, man, uh, my girlfriend ghost who allegedly banished me in the last episode um, is, is, ma is madly in love with you. I can tell, um, even though you've interacted one time and it was just her breaking your stuff. <laughs> um, I'm... I'm <sighs> I'm going to murder you so that you will have to be here forever. Tate clearly did not hear the Beetlejuice plan because his plan no, is yeah. the exact opposite of everybody else's plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody else is like, we're going to make sure no more ghosts are in this house. And Tate explicitly is like, I think Violet would be happier if Gabriel was a ghost. Yeah. So I'm going to add another ghost to this house. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. does not get it. Right. He's a really bad at the jealousy thing. Just no forethought whatsoever. Tate's it's never spoken to another human being about their feelings about a matter ever in his life, and he's not about to start now. Right. Uh, so just keep that in mind. That's going to be simmering on the back burner while the rest of this stuff is happening. Um, well, Miguel has his hand on the stove. Um, a lot of the lady ghosts show up uh, and kind of menace him a bit, and then he hears Stacy screaming. 
And he's like, Stacy. And then they end up like reconnecting with each other somewhere in the house. Um, and then they do. I can't think of a better way to put it other than exactly what Ty just described of um, the lady ghosts kind of lead <laughs> Miguel through like a fucked up haunted house. Yeah. Um, one of the nurse ghosts like harasses the wife in the bathroom. Which... Um, by harasses, you mean attempts a spooky tub jump scare. <laughs> yeah. She just like rises out of the bathtub and is like, I should not be in your tub. And Stacy goes, ah, you should not be in my tub and runs out. <laughs> yeah. And then Moira goes. It's so stupid. It really it's, is. And it's only ever like, that ghost, too. We, there's two nurses and we only ever see this one never, for some reason. We never talked to them. I'm just imagining like running around being threatened by death by like a gimp suit, you know, ghost and like all this other shit. And then I just run into the bathroom and someone pops out of the tub and goes, ta-da. I'm just going to be like, are you kidding me no, like, are you really here these nurses have <laughs> such good intuition we like no one ever interacts with them but they're always on the team and they always know just what to do like they're set <laughs> and like i said they're one of the ones who are like playing all sides yeah. because they menaced the piggy piggy guy they menaced ben Harmon and his family during when they needed to keep them in the house for the the birth like, and now they're helping the Harmons. Like, uh, they, they truly have no moral compass. They're, they're like, just okay, always down to do a bathtub jump scare. Like, you're about to tell the plan. Like, okay, nurses, here they're like, no, we got it. Thank you. Like, really? You did? Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Okay. Uh, you know? <laughs> and then they never follow the yeah. actual plan. Their plan is always just to do a, a pop-up scare from the bathtub well, no, every it's, time. It's, yeah, or just like, it's like, hey, we need you to, like, assist with the birth. We're on it. Like, oh, all right. You know, like, it's just all- <laughs> Whatever oh, okay, it is. Okay, thanks, ladies. <laughs> uh, it's got to be an improvement from letting Charles Montgomery just run rampant with the medical procedures. So yeah. anything is an improvement from there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that happens. She pops up, scares Stacy. Um. Hot mode Moira is kind of like leading Gabriel around the house. At, for, I don't know why Moira is in hot mode. Um. Because we haven't been given any indication that. What, what, which one is he the which one's the dad miguel yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that miguel would be like the kind of person who would like cheat on his wife so it's not clear yeah, why he sees hot mode miguel, Moira. miguel clearly loves his wife to the point that like ben and vivian make a comment of like oh they're so in love they clearly are fairly new which like they have yeah, an 18 year old child. Son, yeah, so, yeah. no, they're no, they're not, Ben. That's just what a happy marriage looks like, dude. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah, I sorry, that too. man. Like, because they, when they're standing 17 inches away from them as they're banging on the counter, they're like, oh, they're so young and in love. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're your age, maybe older. And their kids older than your kid. Like, yeah, their marriage is just way better than yours because you guys suck. <laughs> Send it to marriage scrub quotes. <laughs> like, yeah. Of course, these young people. Oh, these people are so young. It's still in the honeymoon phase. Can't believe 20 you years have, later. Oh, it's time to work on your the, marriage. <laughs> all these marriages with modern controls. <laughs> woke control marriage. I have to go to woke control marriage. I have to go to work, and all you young people do is sit at home and work on your marriage all day. Back in my day, we just cheated on our wives with 45 ghosts. We went and slowly died at the steel mill like men. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Hot Mode Moira pulls Miguel into a room where Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia, um, her dead body is there. And she's like, ooh, I'm cut in half, which... 
why can she do this? Can ghosts just change their form to be all <laughs> fucked up? Like, because her body's Which, not in the house. We know that for a fact. There's also multiple, like, ghosts that have, like, severe things that are totally debilitating that I think if they could just stop having they would yeah. like for example having like the bottom half of their face missing there's like three ghosts that have had that and i feel like they would simply be like i'd like to have my actual full yeah. face now thank you like, i would like to be able to communicate even yeah moira yep another great one yep. even little things right like like uh nora just be like you know every time i reach to the back of my head there's like a hole here i don't like that you know just yeah fix it. why not also charles montgomery doesn't have a uh bullet wound which she shot him in the head we watched it so not sure <laughs> do why he doesn't glamors? how does this work yeah, <laughs> i've yeah. got more questions now <laughs> and why do only some of them use them like what what motivates a ghost to try and change how they look also elizabeth shorts <gasps> goes like further than just being a glamour her whole ass body is bisected i was just gonna say wait can elizabeth short like split her body up into pieces and control them individually like monsoon because <laughs> if so that is the sickest shit on the planet oh my god when please the elizabeth short monsoon ghost <laughs> god like yeah so that like this brief one second scene they show us of elizabeth short in the last episode in the last seven minutes of the last episode of this television show it just opens up a whole new world of questions about the ghosts and the ghost rules um, because it feels like if they can manipulate their bodies just to look like whatever the fuck they want, A, doesn't make any sense that a lot of them look the way that they do, and B, um, opens a lot of plot holes of the ghosts could have just looked a certain way and, and it would have changed the outcome of something. And D, like, you might be thinking when we mentioned Beetlejuice, like, haha, funny podcast metaphor, but no, that's literally Beetlejuice. Remember, they teach Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis that at one point. Like, yeah, you can manipulate your body to look scarier. And so, you know what I mean? Like, this is actually really it it's, it's yeah. killing me uh, yeah. I'm sorry I've never seen Beetlejuice, mm -hmm. and it sounds so much better than this. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a good movie. You should have some time. It's certainly better than the sequence that's happening. Um, so Elizabeth Schwartz's like, ooh, I'm in half. And Miguel's like, ah, shit. Um, and then the gimp suit man, um, who I don't know who the gimp suit man is at this point. I guess it's still Ben. Um, Wait. Well, well, quick question. Quick question. Sorry. Sorry for the interrupt. Um is Miguel still fucking high off his ass right now? I, I don't think he's high at all, which only leads more questions about the hand on the stove thing. He just, yeah, because he just hand stoved it. And like that to me implies he's in the laudanum trance because that's what it was for Ben, right? right? In which case, I feel like that's the worst time to scare someone. Laudanum is so the thing you don't want someone to have when you're scaring or terrorize them <laughs> that it is literally the item that cures and prevents stress and horror in Darkest Dungeon 2. <laughs> like, it is literally a mechanic that this is the and, worst way to scare someone. Amnesia also. Yeah. Amnesia the Dark Descent. Mm -hmm. That was like, right? Am I getting that? Yep. No, you're right. You yeah. are correct. Um, so cool. I, I have a theory, um, and I've mentioned this theory in other episodes <laughs> for other reasons, and I really just feel mm -hmm. like I'm correct in, in that... They fully just had different people writing each episode, yeah. and sometimes they would just, like, leave a sticky note with, like, a major plot point on whoever needed to write the episode for that week. Um, and I think the person who wrote the episode for 
a stove hand been in whatever episode one or two or whatever um really wanted that to be the influence of the house which is why they had larry explain like oh i bet you're waking up in the middle of the night and putting your hand on the stove yeah. huh um and then someone else was in charge of writing the episode where they're like no moira is actively drugging ben Harmon to find her bones like they had two conflicting plot points but they never discussed Mm-hmm. resolving them and so by the time we got to this episode the person who wrote episode one is back on the writing board and is like no yeah the house makes you put your hand on the stove and this, be all weird for a while this is the this is the central conflict though of like it is so much better just to have like a normal horror thing where the house is influential or demonic or doing these things because it like it lets you open up more instead you have to like they're doing this whole like ghost soap opera thing where they have rules but now you have to try to tie horror tropes into that and it, yeah and it leads to all this crap that doesn't work slow and, beef yes slow yes. beef there's nothing people love more than when you explain that the force is caused by a bunch of little midichlorian guys. <laughs> Everybody loves it. Everyone says, you know what? Science fiction, magic, horror, the beyond. Boring. <laughs> explain everything, please. That's a good I point. I want to know why it's happening. You're right. I'm Someone fuck <laughs> Palpatine. We all know this. <laughs> uh, Move and, yeah, on. And like, <laughs> just even going back to that brings up another good point um which is that like they introduced and by they i mean the person who started writing this show um who obviously was not involved in writing all of the episodes um starts like a bunch of plot threads that eventually go nowhere because i think someone else was the one to resolve them for example um finding moira's bones um, being a huge deal because hey, there's no reason Moira can't just straight up <laughs> tell someone, hey, yeah, no, I'm I was murdered. My body's in the back. Um, Constance Langdon did it. You should arrest her. There's no reason why Moira couldn't have told any of the detectives that were in the house at any given point who are acknowledge who acknowledge her presence. By the way, because they look at her and go, damn, that's a hot maid. Um, <laughs> so they clearly see her. Uh, there's no reason or rule established as to why she can't be like, hey, Mr. Detective, oh, you're looking for a missing lady? Um, you should check the back, the back where the gazebo is. Um, I don't know if it's that lady, but I bet you'll find some bones back there. Also, maybe check Constance Langdon's house, um, to see if there's, like, anything related to the crime there. Who could say? Uh, she just doesn't do that. Um, and it's never explained why. Um, and then that plot about her bones goes nowhere. Um... And that's what makes me think, again, that someone who was involved in the writing at the beginning of the show um, either wasn't involved or they were just truly treating this as an anthology and having a different person write every episode, (laughs) being given, like, bullet points and being like, tie these together somehow. And then that's how we ended up where we are, I guess. I have... It feels kind of like television production stuff where it's like, let's, let's expedite this by getting writers doing this all in parallel and meeting occasionally and it wasn't well organized enough where nobody talked enough so yeah it's oh my god and it's really bad in this this season yeah um and i i see that kind of in other seasons as well but like this one is particularly bad yeah um this one doesn't even internally makes a lot of sense yeah yeah and it's like it's really really obvious but 
Anyway, we're still at the fucking haunted house. Um, so the gym suit man, who in this case is Ben, I believe, um, shows up and is like shoving Miguel and Stacy, who are going to the basement for some reason. I don't even remember why they're getting <laughs> corralled to the basement. Um, but they end up down there and they don't even bother trying to find their son. He's still upstairs right? getting menaced by sad tape. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, we got to get like, out of here. We have a kid. No. <laughs> He's got a skateboard. He'll just he he'll just skateboard away from the ghost. Ghosts can't do anything to skateboards. Oh wait, they did in the last episode. He's or safe. In the last He's episode radical. Of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, ghosts can't hurt you if you're on a skateboard, except for the two that did earlier, twenty yeah. minutes ago. Um, then Phil Critter shows up for a surprise cameo and shoves Miguel into a wall. Um, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> remember Phil Critter? Yeah. He, he's a ghost. Just in case you were wondering. Um. He doesn't get to say anything or anything. He's just a cool ghost who's wearing like an exterminator outfit. He must be good so, for him. He must be so mad at Ben though. And Ben was like, "I didn't know there were ghosts. Like you didn't know there were ghosts. You invited me to exterminate <laughs> your ghost house, and you had no idea. I didn't know my kid was dead. Oh my god, you are the worst, dude." <laughs> Phil Critter deserved better, honestly. Phil Critter's on the list of characters who deserved better, including Luke. But luckily, Luke got out of there. Us Can too. you imagine if Luke? <laughs> yeah, true. Um. <laughs> Us and Luke, us the viewers and Luke are the only people free of sin in this goddamn <laughs> television show. Um, so then, like, Ben is harassing Stacy in the gym suit, and Vivian's like, Ben, stop trying to fuck Stacy. And then she disembowels him with a knife um, in front of them, and she's like, hell yeah, I've always wanted to do that. Um, and then Ben shoots her in the head and is like, I've always wanted to do that. And then they both pretend to be dead. Um, and uh, I mean, honestly, to their credit, the Ramoses uh, react how most people would. And they're like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and at this point, I'm like, this feels a bit like overkill. Um, they're mm-hmm. already pretty scared. You don't need to like do a we. This really does feel very Beetlejuicy, but yeah. like bad. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's. It's twisted happy ending stuff, right? It's like it's like see the dark irony. Like the Harmons are happier dead after <sighs> all, you know. Yeah. But and also, like, why does Ben hate Vivian? But like, I don't want them to be happy. Right. <laughs> Is that fucked up to no, say that I don't want to see Ben Harmon happy? <laughs> it doesn't. No, it doesn't really work. Like they haven't earned it. They're not like you know. Maybe Vivian. She's like kind of a victim in a lot of this, you know. But like, yeah. Vivian's gone through it. Like, Vivian stabbing Ben and being like, oh, finally, is like, okay, yeah. But then Ben is like, me too. And I'm like, yeah, you like, caused all of yeah, this. Yeah, what's, what's your <laughs> yeah. problem, asshole? Like, you, that, that's one of the reoccurring things that American Horror Story at large does that I don't like. Um, and that is, and it's it's terrible in this season particularly, but I'm sure if I had time to sit down and think about it, I could give you bullet point ones from other seasons we've done, and I'm sure I've brought it up in the past. Um, of like the moral of the story, so to speak, yeah. being like, yeah, if you're a bad person, you can still have a happy ending. For example, um, oh, it's okay that Tate did a school shooting. He feels bad about it. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, he can still have a happy ending, maybe. Um, or for example, Vivian, um, having so many moments where she's like, man, my husband does fucking suck. I'm leaving. Right? And then she doesn't, and then he does it again, and then she's like, damn, my husband fucking sucks. I'm leaving. And then it happens again. And then at the end, her, like, quote-unquote punishment 
for giving Ben Harmon so many fucking chances is that now she's stuck with him forever and now she's like, mm, I've decided that I'm happy now with my husband, even though he's done literally nothing to redeem himself. Like, this is fine. He Ben Harmon deserves a redemption arc where he gets his happy ending with his family. Like, no. It's like, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more, like, work you have to put in rather than, like, see, family, good. When You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah. Okay, fine. You want Ben ha Harmon to have a redemption arc? Well, Vivian should have left. Maybe that should have even been the impetus. And maybe that's even, like, how she... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. It, it would have been so much more interesting, yeah, if, like, the ending was Vivian does come to terms with all of it and thus gets to, like, move yeah. on and stop being in the fucking house. And then Ben is stuck in the house and has to deal with that and then maybe comes to turn. You know, that's almost like that would be a really interesting story, but it also would require really deep, careful character writing and, like, a lot of introspection. Yeah, but why, so, and like, why have any of know. that when you can have a cutesy, like, ha ha, I'm a, I'm a twisted little writer. Here's my happy ending, happy family. And we're <laughs> <twist." laughs> you know. Like, That's the real American horror story yeah. is complacency. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so they do their weird Beetlejuice thing. And then um, in case you forgot, Gabriel's upstairs with Ta having a very bizarre interaction with Tate Langdon where he Gabriel's like standing there crying kind of like doing like the crossing his hands over like the Catholic symbol, mm -hmm. um, like praying. And Tate's just like very gently holding a knife to his throat. And they're just kind of like tenderly embracing. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't get to see what led up to that. So like, it's it's so awkward and Gabriel's like significantly taller than Tate it's very weird like Tate's on his tiptoes <laughs> we don't get to see how they got in this scenario but it doesn't seem like it was by force because Tate's a lot smaller um and Gabriel's just kind of letting it happen Gabriel is just accepted yeah. that this little guy that's in his room is gonna like slit his throat and is just like well nothing I can do about this I guess yeah yeah, like, if they're going to imply that Tate has some kind of, like, ghost strength, um, damn, they should have sold that in any way, shape, or form. Like, have him shove him and he goes farther than you'd expect or something. Because, yeah, it's just kind of like, he's like, yeah, all right, man, whatever. Like, Gabriel is, again, Tate is like the little kind of wa wafy sad boy as opposed to Gabriel, who's just like, a, a teen <laughs> like a big a normal, tall like guy a big tall teen yeah a big a big skateboarding teen yeah um and like the other thing that's really weird about this is they never establish that gabriel knows that either violet or tate are ghosts because neither of them ever say that like <laughs> they never are like hey man we're ghosts because they no none of the ghosts interact with gabriel besides violet and tate which is very odd um so for all gabriel knows this is just two other weird teens who keep breaking into his house. Right? And he's like, well, guess this weird teen's going to stab me for his girlfriend, I guess. This is fine. I'm not going to scream for help or anything. This is normal. Um, I'm sure my parents downstairs screaming for their lives is not important right now. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> um, and then Violet shows up. I don't know what she's been doing this whole time. Um, maybe it was her job to scare Gabriel and she just showed up like she showed up late and was like, ah, shit, I got to get Gabriel out of here. Um, and then Tate was there and she's like, ah, shit, you're here. Um, <laughs> and then she like bamboozles him by being like, hey, don't you want to? I'm sorry I banished you. Like, don't you want to say goodbye? And Tate's the dumbest man alive. And he's like, OK. Um, 
and they like hug and like Violet shoots Gabriel a look like, hey, you should leave because Tate's stupid and is giving me a hug right now. Um, she could just stab Tate. We've identified that ghosts can do harm to one another. I'm not sure why we're doing this. Um, but yeah, she she uh, does a sleight of hand where she pulls a trick on Tate by hugging him. Um, and that gives Gabriel enough time to get away. Um, we've also identified that the ghosts can basically instant transmission. So it doesn't feel like him running yeah. out of the room is going to do any good. Mm-hmm. Um, which, in case we did not emphasize it enough, Tate's whole impetus for doing this is that he wants Violet to have another ghost in the house that she can like, be in love with. Mm. Um, because she talked to Gabriel exactly one time, which doesn't make any sense because Tate is very clearly being played in this scene and in future scenes, um, as being like very jealous that she's talking to Gabriel. Um, so it seems like Tate would not want to add Gabriel to the house as a ghost, um, because it completely defeats the purpose of his intentions, which is that he wants Violet back. Uh, but and and if say? he wants Violet to be happy and all of that, um, it's just not convincing because Tate's whole character up to this point has been a jealous little fuckboy hmm. who does everything like pathologically evil at all times. Mm-hmm. So having him be like, I actually just want Violet to be happy to the point that I'll kill someone is just like... It doesn't add up. Yeah. It just doesn't work for his character. Like everything he's done up to this point implies that no, he would have killed Gabriel out of jealousy, and then it would have backfired, and then he'd be more pissed yeah. or whatever. Like that's the only outcome that would have made sense, as opposed to like, oh, this is for ah, oh, this is my love for you. It's like no, 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 no. That doesn't that doesn't right. play. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, because not only that, he seems to take whatever Violet says at face value. So Violet could have just been like, hey, Tate, don't kill Gabriel. That would suck. I don't want another ghost in the house. Because um, she hasn't shown any like inclination for wanting Gabriel to be a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, they've only interacted one time, and it was just her shitting on his music tastes. Um, so it seems like Violet could just be like, hey, Tate, I don't want that. Please don't do that. And he'd be like, okay. Um, but that's not what happens. And then Violet um, says goodbye to Tate and then disappears forever, I guess. Um, and Tate cries. The end of that plot, I suppose. I thought the plot ended last episode when she banished him. But unfortunately for us, it did not. It also bled through to this episode. And they get essentially the same ending as they did in the last episode. Um, but different this time. <laughs> um the Ramos family... <laughs> Different at, at chronologically, right. but yeah. functionally identical in every other right. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Gabriel reconvenes with his family, and they're like, oh, shit, we had a kid. I forgot about him. Um, and then they leave. They all get in the car and leave, which is what the Harmons should have done. Um, I, again, not sure. If all these ghosts didn't want the, the, any more people in the house, not sure why they didn't do this when the Harmons moved in. Um, it... It opens a lot of questions that we don't have time to discuss. Um, anyway, we're at the end of the episode. Well, the, almost the end of the episode. Because, again, that was like maybe five minutes of TV that we just discussed. Um, and Marcy uh, is selling the house again. We get to see this happen twice in the same episode. Mm. Um, 
And the murder house tour that we've seen several times is in front of the house. Like, here's the murder house. And this time he mentions the Harmon family dying, um, which makes it pretty fucked up that both times Vivian had to take that tour, he only talked about Charles Montgomery. Um, feels like Vivian got ripped the fuck off because the second time she took that tour, it was to get more information about other crimes that had happened there. And that asshole just did the Charles Montgomery story twice. Um <laughs> Very fucked up of the guy who runs the murder tour. Um, Ben is like inside sweeping his old office. And this is a very bizarre sequence of events. Um, Ben's sweeping his office for some reason. um, And it's like all the stuff has been moved out of the house. I guess Marcy's just given up on having the house be furnished when she shows it for some reason. Um, And Tate's like, hello. And Ben's like, hey, you little fucking freak. Um leave me alone you're a psychopath and therapy doesn't work and i think maybe ben just doesn't want to admit that he's a bad therapist because i was gonna say (laughs) like this is like really gross like saying therapy doesn't work and like talking down the whole mental health field is already just like hey don't do that it's hard enough out here for people to get mental health services and hard enough for them to be accepted and understanding that your mental health is just as important as your physical health if not more so um so don't shit on that field please thank you um also yeah ben just sucks at his job ben's just trash like ben thinks it doesn't work because ben is the worst fucking therapist in history you got it 100 and like if that was what they were trying to like imply and this wasn't supposed to be quote unquote ben's redemption arc i would actually they forgot to write it in yeah like i would i would be down for that if ben the bad therapist was like therapy's bad actually we're all just scam artists and then someone else is like no ben you're just bad at being a therapist yeah exactly like that would be a a, you know a good resolution for his character but no they treat it like no no this has been in his right mind having his this is the like redemption arc and this is what is actually true and it's like no this isn't the time for him to say this i don't think the final episode yeah and this is his last scene more or less so yeah this is supposed to be like yep this is it that's how it uh here's the truth from your pals in American Horror yeah. Story. Yes. By the way, this is not the first time in this episode that he says something to that effect. Because when in, in nine months later, at the very beginning of this episode, or nine months earlier, um, it, when Vivian's like, I'm going to Florida, he's like, no, we're doing therapy. Therapy's like how we start doing things. Like that's it's not what fixes it. We still have to fix it on our own. And I'm like, I really don't think you know how therapy works. I truly don't, which is odd given that your character is a therapist. Um, so yeah, this twice in this episode alone, do they have him do a weird bit like He's, this? Uh Yeah. He's he's better off as like a life coach or one of those things that you don't need a degree for. Like you know what I mean? Like or just a professor. Just make him a professor because that's what he functionally is when he sleeps with Hayden. Just have him be like a professor. You're right. Yeah. He doesn't need to be a therapist, but then he wouldn't have an office where he could talk to the sad ghosts. And by the sad ghosts, I mean Tate. And he's like, so they. This is the closest. Uh, he place. also talked to Hey Piggy Piggy Man. That's, yeah, that's true. true. And the he lady had other clients, and the lady who tried to kill his wife and daughter. Yeah, and the boring lady who he treated as being even more boring, and she almost killed herself because of it. Um, yeah, he's right. got a great track record of being I, a very good therapist. I, God, he's I, so I would good. give him the Piggy Piggy at least, though, because like, who the hell, like in his defense, like who expects that? 
<laughs> yeah, the piggy piggy is he was a dog shit therapist to the piggy piggy guy, but he had no idea it would get yeah, him shot that part's, in the head. That's that fair. part's not on Ben. That one part. Yeah. Who could it be on? You know? Also, like, it, now that we're, like, talking about it, Ben is, like, tangentially connected to so many murders. Why aren't the detectives treating Ben Harmon like they treat Constance Langdon, where they're like, ah, this bad thing happened near you. Um, we're going to investigate you for doing it, because all of these people dying yeah. around you, they just, like, they're like, hmm, kind of weird this is all happening around Ben Harmon. Could be anything. They call it. <laughs> and then they just move on. <laughs> um... So this is where we get Tate's like final scene because we need three final scenes for Tate Langdon mm-hmm. for some goddamn yeah. reason. Um, where like Tate's like I'm sad and you're like my dad now. Um, would would you be nice to me? And um, Ben's like no, you've done like a fuckload of murders and hate crimes, you fucking weirdo. Like no, yeah. you suck. I'm a I'm an angry man who's sweeping my office. Yeah. And Tate's like. No, I didn't. And Ben's like, you can't even admit that you did it. And I'm like, what are we implying here? I'm still unclear. Does Tate know that he did what he did and he's lying about it and he's really fucked up? Or does he really have like weird Nora ghost amnesia? I I took it to mean because he says like you're a psychopath so you can't feel like emotions and you're pretending and all that. Like he like and yeah, Ben's a bad therapist. But again, this is like kind of the final like word we'll hear on Tate so I feel like this is the show saying like here's what's really going on like you know yeah this is them presenting the truth but it's really really weird because they say that like and they say like they have been call him a psychopath like he's identifying like diagnosing him essentially like in a professional sense and then Tate has like a moment of like clarity and like humanization where he's like well, I don't know about being a psychopath, but I do feel bad about doing this and that admits to doing everything. So it's like, well, are we saying that Ben's a bad therapist and that Tate's not really a psychopath? Or are we saying that Tate's just doing it anyway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very it's very confusing. And that's supposed to be the resolution for this character. Right. And then, like, Ben's like, okay, well, congrats on yeah admitting to it i guess um and then they move on then we get to a weird scene of vivian playing the cello um but the funniest resolution of any plot in this show (laughs) um and my favorite part of the entire american horror story anything that's ever happened ever so vivian's playing a cello something that she's not done in any other episodes of this television show (laughs) and she hears a baby crying um, it's time to go visit my favorite lady, Nora Montgomery, who is doing the funniest thing imaginable, um, who is taking care of a ghost baby in the basement, and she fucking hates it. She fucking <laughs> hates it. It's so mm-hmm. funny. She's just like, actually, um, turns out having a perpetual baby is hell. It's the worst thing imaginable. Oh, my God. It, yep. <laughs> yeah. She's rocking a baby in a crib, um, and Vivian's like, hey, Nora, where'd you get that baby? And Nora's like, are you the nanny? Doesn't matter. Um, This baby sucks. It will not stop crying. And then she's like, oh, wait, no, you're the one who gave birth to the baby. That's crazy. Um, Your baby sucks. You you gave birth to a, a shitty baby. And Vivian's like, I thought my baby was stillborn. And she's like, no, he breathed one time, and now he's here. Uh... 
because my husband's a very she literally says my husband's a very bad doctor and he's stupid he didn't realize the baby wasn't dead yet <laughs> um but it did die and now it's here and it's i i have it but it sucks so here you keep it which is the funniest fucking thing in the world because the entire the entire season of this television show is based off of the fact that Tate wants to give Nora his fake mom a baby because she wants a baby so goddamn bad. That is the entire crux of this goddamn television show is Tate knocking up Vivian so that he can give Nora Montgomery a baby because all she cares about is having a baby. And now she has it and she's like, this thing fucking blows, actually. Um, Take it back, please. I don't want it. Uh, And then Nora pieces the fuck out and it is the funniest thing i have ever seen in my entire life i love nora montgomery she is my queen and has my heart forever (laughs) um and that resolves that so now vivian gets to have her other baby uh i guess forever um moira is cleaning the cabinets and vivian walks in with this baby and is like hey um i (laughs) i found this baby and moira's like that's so cool. Um, I wish I wasn't such a whore because uh, then I would be able to be this baby's godmother. And it's a very bizarre interaction. Um, then it fast forwards to um, Christmas, I guess. Uh, and the ghosts are celebrating Christmas. I don't know where they got all the Christmas stuff, but Ben says he chopped down the giant fucking Christmas tree himself. Uh, so I guess it was in their backyard and the neighbors didn't find it weird that a ghost was chopping down a giant fucking tree. Um, also, fucked up timeline. Who knows when this is because the only other holiday we've nine, seen has been Halloween. Nine months from now. <laughs> yeah, nine months from now. Everything yeah. occurs in um, nine months. So, you know, yeah. Why not? <laughs> and then the she, Vivian's holding the ghost baby who doesn't have a name yet. Um, and they're all like a happy family, the Harmons are, with Moira, mm, I guess, yep. and watching the Christmas tree be put up. And then Tate and Hayden are like seething in the corner, watching the Harmons be happy. Um, and then that's all the resolution we're going to get for any of those characters, because now we're about to skip three years in universe to three years later. Um <laughs> For the last scene, which is Constance showing up at the hair salon for some fucking Mm -hmm. reason. (laughs) Um, And she's like, hey, sorry, I had a baby. And the hairdressers is like, what the fuck does that mean? You're like 90 years old. This is a five minute scene. This is the whole last five minutes of the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And Constance (sighs) is just like, "Uh, do my hair. I'm telling you that I was born to like raise satan or some shit um yeah she goes on a big monologue of just like uh, basically being like yeah i I thought i was you know supposed to be someone a big star or whatever but i've realized i was wrong i was meant to raise this perfect beautiful child that i have been given like so on and so forth just like all in on this uh and then the hairdresser is like well did you catch the bears last night (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, and then Constance goes home um, and is like, where is, where's my little fella? And there's like blood everywhere. And she's like calling for the nanny um, and can't find them. And then like she follows the trail upstairs um, to where she finds the nanny with her throat cut on the ground. And a little guy sitting in a rocking chair covered in blood with a knife in his hand. Like, hello, it's me. I'm a little guy. No, no world and- a three-year-old kills you, by the way. But yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, slits your throat too, and there appears to be a sign of a struggle throughout like the whole house, which me which makes me want to see the scene that lead led up to this because I want to see Michael. That's his name. Um, mm-hmm. Essentially, Mortal Combat. This woman, this fully grown adult woman, through the entire house. Uh, yeah, and then. I could. Uh, this is like a kid that's like eminently throwable. Yeah, to be clear, <laughs> like this is like throwable weight child of like it'd be a little heavy. You might not get him to go that far, but you could you could probably throw him a, a good couple yeah. yards. He's definitely not getting to my neck. Like that's for goddamn sure. He's not getting oh, to my throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he has to get past my my arms to even, get to my face. <laughs> not even like chance. the movie The yeah. Omen, which was about literally Satan, the Antichrist, as a child. Like the he had to be like clever and use supernatural stuff he couldn't just stab you you know but here there's like, i was gonna say do you like summon like hell dogs yeah. and shit like it wasn't well, like, yeah you need <laughs> yeah. a thing because you're fucking three or you, you know whatever even if we're accelerating aging which is an incredible thing that they're gonna get touch on anyway whatever um yeah <laughs> it, it doesn't which is a whole a whole other yeah. thing that happens but, but then constance is like oh no what are we gonna do you, with you did you? a murder yeah you're such a little fella. What are we going to do with and you then, is the little, like, cutesy line they end the show on, the season on. And yeah. Then, and then, the because this is American oh. fucking horror story. Twisted, yeah. Twisted nerve plays. Uh, yep. <laughs> and that finally brings season one to a close. Yeah, no moral. On the terrible, terrible note of Twisted Nerve playing again. God. Like... The thing that they like laser targeted pissing me off with this ending. (laughs) It's a really like this is again like I used to like this show, but like even when I liked it, it's like my highest opinion of it. I'm like, this ending is awful, you know, like no one liked the ending. It's because like, like, let's go through character by character, Mm -hmm. right? Like the Harmons now are inexplicably happy and together, even though there's like no inkling or inclination that they would have reunited and rebonded other than the show needs mm-hmm. them to. Um, Hayden has decided to stop harassing Ben till the end of time and murdering him and being violent to him in her endless, confused stream of affection. Um, she's just decided to stop doing that, I guess, because the show needed her to. Mm-hmm. Um Tate was obsessed with Violet to the point that he was going to kill someone um, in a confused attempt to make her happy. Um, he has stopped doing that um, because the show needed him to. There's no real other reason why he would have done that. Um, and yeah, now Constance is like raising a kid and is uh, totally cool with the fact that he just murdered a bunch of people, even though um, she already went through having one of her children be a murderer and was horrified and permanently scarred mm. by that encounter. Oh, yeah. But she's just cool with You're it now yep. because the show needs her to be. Um, and that's kind of my summary on my feelings of the end of season one is it's so much shit that doesn't make sense unless you take unless you just fully dissociate yourself from the the lack of you know from from the unreality of the show and you just think as if you were a, sc- a screenwriter or someone trying to wrap up a season in an episode which feels so bad like it just feels like all the bad writing decisions are coming crashing down at the same time because they realize there's no way to add this all up and have it reach an ending that's satisfying for every character. And so they end up like flailing in a way that just makes them all feel terrible. This is my last Beetlejuice comparison, but like it, they can't get the tone right. So the Harmons end up with that Tim Burton-esque funny ending. Like maybe they're just better off dead. Ha ha. But then Constance 
Yeah. Yeah, like the the whole scene of Ben and Vivian like stabbing and shooting each yeah. other and just being like, "Ha ha, isn't this great?" Like it, again, it's just like these people Vivian was locked in a mental institution yeah. for like multiple episodes <laughs> because you tortured her psychologically, but now she's just kind of like, ha, 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 "It's funny now." Which no. Yeah, it, it's yeah, unhinged, it doesn't man. work. <laughs> it doesn't work for these characters of the story. And then Constance immediately gets the like not better at all, but like the, the what you're going for with like a twisted horror happy ending where you're supposed to be a little horrified that that's the resolution. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't it, it's like, what are we doing here? And they don't know is the real answer. You know, you know, who really got yeah. a happy ending was Addie, who died outside of the house's grasp and doesn't have to deal with any of this bullshit. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe. Luke, and who Luke. once had a funny encounter with a ghost and then just yeah. left. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's about the extent of the characters who got like a genuinely happy ending, and it and one of them died. So, uh, who could really say um, whether anyone gets a truly happy ending in this show? Um, Larry's in prison. Hey, by the way, we forgot about that. Larry's just did fucking prison for the rest of his life for a crime he didn't do. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Because they couldn't. Because yeah. Because the show couldn't figure out a way to give Larry closure, so they gave him closure by uh, removing him from the show, <laughs> putting him in jail for no reason. Also, yeah. if like you can only be a ghost in certain spots, why are the school kids take killed ghosts? Oh, I uh, yeah, no, 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 I've complained why, about that like yeah, a lot. But, like Addie's not a ghost that can walk around on Halloween, right? Yeah. Where is she? No. No. Uh, no, I mean, Wait. I mentioned that in You're the episode right, yeah. where the school kids showed up. I'm like, they died at school. Why are they ghosts? Why are they here? My, my assumption was they were locked to the school except for Halloween. But now I'm realizing in retrospect, there is no evidence yeah. pointing to that other than my goodwill. Yeah, my apologies, Liz. <laughs> I forgot you mentioned that. But yeah, yeah. So I'm, ag- I'm agreeing with you now in retrospect. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I am. I've been tilted about that. Like the uh, the quote unquote, like ghosts can be anywhere. Because again, that feels like something that they wanted to be a part of a different character. Because like I, when I first watched this, I fully expect the are expected the reveal for Larry to be that he died somewhere mm-hmm. else and he's a ghost from somewhere else and he's not like for the same reason that like the school kids can't show up except for on Halloween. He can't go in the house for some reason because they do have a plot point kind of like that in other seasons. Um, but no, it's it's not that. He does like avoid going into the house a lot. That is a good point. Like most of his big interactions, like killing Hayden, is like outside yeah. of the house, right outside of it. Yeah, that would be interesting. You know what? Hey, good writing, Liz. <laughs> Thanks. Too bad it's American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I can't really think of any other main characters that do or don't like the the weird bully girl who bullies um Violet never gets any closure. She just gets intact, hey, attacked by Infantata. Hey, hey, wait, yeah, hey, wait, Infantata. Hey, wait, <laughs> what? Where? Yeah. Where'd Infantata go? Hey, no, hold on. That was like a big there. crux. That was like the initial villain. What happened to that? Inventot is still there. Also, Bo, we forgot to mention Bo showed up in the weird Beetlejuice segment to harass the Ramoses for some reason. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, uh-huh. Who could say why? I don't know why Bo's on board. Or, and he wasn't even like tied to the attic. Like He's been tied to the attic for the whole show. He wasn't. He was in the basement this time. Um, it's Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, there's really no... As far as... Unless I'm missing someone... There's really no other main characters because Travis is a ghost, Hayden's a ghost. We don't ever see Travis again. He's he just stabbed Hayden one time and then that was it. 
um, I guess he doesn't care that Constance stole the baby or whatever. He did. He did follow through on what he said he was going to do. He did steal a baby for Constance. Um, granted, it was a baby that was in the same room as her and Constance could have gotten for herself. But he did follow through on that. And I love that for him. God, the show sucks. Sorry, um, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're telling me they bring back the some of these characters in later oh, seasons. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. yeah. Not just one. Multiple seasons. <laughs> one of them is the main character of one of the seasons. This. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Sick. I would have buried it in the backyard like Moira's I think bones, but cult, uh, you know, I, <laughs> cult's the only one I think that they don't like return to the well on. Yet it's still we're only on season eleven. I mean, they've got. To- uh, I don't think. I- they don't do that with 1984, do they? Um, as far as there I'm is aware. a connection to five, but oh yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. Well, mm. yeah, yeah, you're right. It's five coming. No, three's coming. No, that's five's three. hotel. Which I okay. I would like to apologize in advance because we're not doing Coven next probably, but when we do get to Coven, Coven is going to be a particularly rough one for me because when I did like this show, Coven was far and away my favorite See, season. It's funny. Like, it's funny because. Yeah. Asylum, the next season, which I think we're doing next, is was my favorite at one point. Although that like tanks pretty quick, actually. But <laughs> yeah, I am I'm dreading re going over Coven and... because I truly Coven and Hotel. I truly enjoyed um, Coven more so, I... and there's a lot of callback to Coven in Apocalypse as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am just ready to be brutalized by rewatching this with a critical yeah. eye and seeing how just fucking horrible <laughs> it's going I'm, to be. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I am so excited for Hotel oh, because man, be. the first the first inklings I ever heard of American Horror Story years and years ago, like probably legitimately like four or five years before I had even met you, Liz. Um, <laughs> Slow Beef was live tweeting about <laughs> you and the wife watching Hotel and like Lady Gaga just going ape shit. And I remember just being like wasn't this supposed to be a horror show? What the fuck's going on over there? And you just tweeting yourself, like, losing your mind over American Horror Story was just a joy. And when we get to there, I am, if they're not deleted and Twitter hasn't been eaten by the billionaires, I want to see if I can dig up some of those tweets, because they were choice. It was a beautiful show. God, that's what... That's what that was, that's what started. Like I gotta do something about this. And I sat on it for years until we had a fateful meeting, the three of us, and <laughs> <laughs> a terrible, terrible mm-hmm. meeting of the minds. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's it for um, season yes. one, Murder House. That's that's the end. Hey, um, if you've enjoyed this season and you haven't checked out the bonus episodes, it'll probably be a bit till the next season drops. So there will be. Hey, you got a. F- couple fun things to listen to over at patreon.com slash great and terrible g oh god what is it one sec i think it is great and terrible ahs uh yeah um yeah it's uh, it's great great and terrible ahs all written out i just couldn't Hmm. remember if there was an ampersand or not um there is not um, but yeah, because we've done a couple bonus episodes over there for uh, american horror stories the spin-off series which is Somehow worse in almost every measurable way. Bro house. Uh, pff, bro house. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I guess, are, are we planning on doing season two probably is the next one? It would make sense. It would make sense for us to go into season two because that's where they really start to experiment, so to speak, in um, 
how they want to start exploring this show being an anthology and start building a very terrible, terrible uh, extended universe. So I guess uh, I guess that's where we go next, huh? Yeah. Uh, Till next time, everyone. See you uh, in season easy, two. I See you in season two. Yeah.